Hello and welcome to Insured Solution Drive Time Open Discussion. I'm your host, Daniel Ochoa. Today we brought in Steve Petty. Steve, how are you doing today? Hello, Daniel. Doing fun wonderful. Now, Glad Steve, I, I have to ask, are you related to Tom Petty or uh, Richard Petty? No related, and he won't loan me money, so who cares? <laughs> okay. Today, Tom, or Steve, the reason we brought you on this show is we're going to be talking about workers' comp. Now, I used to be an independent agent. I stayed away from it, and I know a lot of other agents who stay away from it. It's very complicated, and one of the things I discovered is a lot of the insurance companies don't even understand it fully. The agents don't understand it. It's very complicated, and we wanted to bring you on because we feel that you're an expert in this area, and we wanted to ask you a few questions to help our audience. Is that okay? It's perfectly fine. All right. Glad to share what uh, the decades of involvement with this subject have created and generated that hopefully will be helpful to the employers who need some help. Okay, good. Steve, why don't you just give us a quick overview of how our audience can better understand workers' compensation? Well, workers' compensation is, it's not a voluntary market, so to speak. Most insurance is voluntary. You don't have to have it. Employers must have workers' compensation by law, whatever state they operate in. When you have to have something, it changes the dynamics of how it's managed and what you do and how you treat it and how you think about it. Okay. Many employers go through the agony and pain of realizing or believing that there's someone else to manage it, someone to handle it, be it the agent, be it the carrier, be it the doctors, be it someone involved in the equation of providing care to employees who are injured on the job. Workers' comp began 80% nobility and 20% entitlement. But in recent times, it's shifted and has become more 20% nobility and 80% entitlement and as a mindset. And why is that? Because everything seems to move in a certain direction, and what it does is there are more participants in the system, there are more attorneys in the system, and attorneys are the only profession that we know of that I've run into who can create their own work. And since they're participants in the process and creating the legislation, by, just by definition, they structure it so it is no fault. They structure it so there is no loser pays. So they're able to tap into anything anyone wants to charge and allege as what happens at work. This is why I have a problem. Whether it is or not, it doesn't matter. So there's always that flow and they force things to happen and they force it to just move just to redistribute wealth, really. I've always said workers' comp is the single greatest wealth transfer scheme ever devised. And that's exactly what it ends up being many, many times. Is it all the time? No. Nothing is ever 100% one way or the other. But the percentages have shifted dramatically. There's less accountability. The burden of proof is 100% on the employer. They have to prove everything. Proof is not what they think or what they suspect, it's what is. And if you don't have paper or documentation, you have no proof. Contrast that with employees, they have to prove nothing. They can allege anything, and if it's false, it doesn't matter. No one does anything about it, no one cares. They can always use the attorneys to negotiate some kind of a cash transfer just to shut it down. The process, as you mentioned to Daniel early on, it is complicated, but it's all complicated with the old saying, follow the money. And that's really where it all ends up. And having done this for decades, uh, it's safe to say that it did take 25 or 30 years of playing Bill Murray in the movie Groundhog Day. <laughs> Hope he gets credit for that. 
that you wake up and everything is the same. Nothing ever changes. Nothing improves. Nothing gets better. There are a few employers who figure it out and they're able to tap into it and they have a workplace culture that's in their favor. Many employers don't address it. They make some presumptions that aren't true. They don't really have any outside help. It's presumed that carriers represent those that pay the bill. But remember me noting, this is not a voluntary market. Right. The carriers don't represent the employer who pays the premium. They represent and adhere to state law because the states can shut them down. The states can yank away a license. They can force them to do which, that which, in, which contributes to the redistribution process. It keeps doctors, attorneys, specialists. It keeps everybody in the flow, and they don't want anything to interrupt that. If the claims were to drop and decline and the problems were to decline, the costs were to come down, there would be a lot of industry suffering. So they must maintain a certain flow to keep it there. And if you had a perfect solution, there is no perfect solution, but if you had one, it wouldn't last long because you'd be investigated. How are, you, know, you, you can't do that because you're interfering with the system. So employers can wise up, can take a few tips, can sort of assume some liability themselves with a game plan and direction and what we say and what we call, let's go on offense. Let's go on offense and push back. The best example of that, and I've used this many times, is the movie, The Hunt for Red October. Love the movie. Towards the end of the movie, when the American Navy captain boards the Red October, and they get through with the pleasantries, very quickly, Jonesy picks up over there on the radar at the torpedo coming at the Red October. Right. The instincts are that it's American. Jonesy says, no, it's Russian. The torpedoes, and then what does Captain Ramius, who's Sean Connery, what does he direct the American staff to do? He directs, uh, what's his name over there? I can't think of his name by now. To anyway, head towards the torpedo. To place Jack. He directs Jack, who is the, the, the author for, uh, for the books there for the CIA. He directs him to sit down at the wheel, turn the wheel right into the torpedo. Everybody panics on the ship. He's turning right into the torpedo. Even the American Navy captain panics. But what happens? The torpedo, Did after it, some suspense, it bounces off because they, they cut the, the time because it was going to activate at a certain point and they shortened it up so it didn't. So they ran into the torpedo to disarm it. And that's what you do with workers' comp. You have to run into it subject by subject to disarm it. Otherwise, it will control you because it has the ultimate power and authority to do what it wants, not you. It's not there for the employer benefit. It's only there for the employer to pay. It's for the employee benefit. And under an ideal scenario where it's 100% noble, that's fine. But the shift in the psychology and in the way the system has evolved has gone more towards redistribution and entitlement than it has nobility. There's always those cases of nobility, which is what it's for. But that's not what drives the high price and drives the ever-escalating cost. The ever-escalating costs are driven by the abuses in the system, and many employers know it and recognize it and complain about it, but it's falling on a deaf ear because no one is listening who can do anything about it. And so we set up a program that will t touch on key topics that will help shift the paradigm back to where it needs to be so the employer is always in control. They're always given a point of control unless they give it up. And they do it 
secretly. They don't realize it's happened because they fail to recognize certain statutes, certain legal definitions they slip by. And then when they do, they cede over control to the system and to the employee. So what they do is they stay in control. They have a game plan beginning with reporting, with screening, with return to work, with behavior itself because a workplace is greatly affected by behavior, both positive and negative, and with taking safety and bringing it down to a manageable level based on exposure. Safety is necessary, but that's a subject that we can talk about at greater length later, but safety needs to be commensurate with what the exposure is, the operation is, the risk is, and the claimed history is, as opposed to shotgunning. So anyway, and there are some custom subjects that have evolved over time, particularly in certain states that have tapped into the redistribution even more so than others. And it becomes almost an impossible way to win unless you can freeze the present to use it in the future. When you can do that, you can protect yourself. But until you do that, complaining and whining is nobody's listening. Too many right. employers have broken their nose seven times in the same place. You'd think somebody would say, and we're saying it, Daniel, today, stay out of that place. Sure. And that's what we're about, is being able to show how that works and how you can use certain tools to get there. I okay. hope that lays no, out that, some that, of the that, dynamics. That, oh, yeah, yeah, that was a great answer. I, I appreciate it. I'm sure our audience appreciates it. Steve, I want to thank you once again for coming on today, giving us a little bit of insight on workers' compensation. I'm sure our viewers appreciate it, so thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Daniel. No problem. Thank you.